0: You know what to do. Brett Black's not suitable for broadcast. Podcast. Podcast. Wow.
1: Well, I rarely have guests on this podcast, but today I have a guest, and it's a very famous one. Uh, She plays tennis, I hear. (laughs) No, it's one of the greatest tennis players of all time, right? Uh, Maria Sharapova. If you heard it on the radio, you only heard like half the interview, because in radio, you just don't have time. You don't always have time to, to put everything you want. So we had more of a conversation off air as well. And since I'm on the Chris Fade Show, I'm getting some good interviews. I'm going to have... I haven't told anybody this yet, but I'm going to have Richard Branson. Richard Branson is going to be joining me in this studio this week. And I i couldn't be more excited. I've never interviewed him. Anyway, that's coming up. But this, I think, is Maria Sharapova, yeah? It is. It's that's- Maria Sharapova! Woo! Okay, so they... Um, they told me, hey, you're going to be talking to Maria Sharapova. And I said, fantastic. I did my hair and everything. And then I got in here and found out, oh, it's on the phone
0: right. I'm so
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm on camera. It's okay. So, well, let me give you the proper introduction. Um, she has won the Australian Open, the French Open twice. She's won the U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. She also happens to be one of the greatest tennis players to ever pick up a racket. Maria Sharapova, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Virgin Radio Dubai.
0: Thank you for having
1: me on. Is that is that a, a proper, does that feel, I don't know, how does it feel? I mean, everything, I've, I've read so much about you everything that I just said is obviously true. Uh, Does it, I mean, is it one of those things like, yeah, whatever. I'm one of the greatest.
0: (laughs) No, it definitely isn't. Um, it's really funny hearing that because I just, I just came back from a a practice session this morning and I was playing with a 15 year old kid. That was, it was not easy. I mean, he, (laughs) we were playing a set and I was like, this kid is I was like, wait a second. I'm supposed to be beating him right
1: now. So who won? You say you were you were up against a 15-year-old kid. Who won that match? I I won. Yes. Him. Yes. <laughs> you beat that. Hey, you beat I, that 15-year-old. I might, have, I might
0: have given him a little fist pump.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Give that fist pump. You deserve it. Hey, one time, at one point, you were that 15-year-old killing everybody else on the court.
0: That was a very, very long time ago, so please don't remind
1: me. (laughs) Don't don't say that. I'm not going to do the math, but I was reading your bio on Wikipedia. Do you ever, I don't know, Wikipedia yourself?
0: Honestly, I just, I never, it's been a few years since I've I've been on that page.
1: Oh, you should Google yourself. Actually, don't do that. It's horrible, but it's impressive. What's impressive is just, I mean, it's exhausting almost to read. You've been doing this. Pretty much your whole life. I think I read you maybe picked up a racket for the first time at four years old or whatever. But still, this this is all you've ever known is tennis, and that's incredible. And and it makes me think: Is there something else you want to do like after tennis?
0: There, there definitely was. You know, I've always been a big believer, in you know, if you have if you love something and you have the potential to become great at it, and that doesn't necessarily mean sport, but in my case, it was. Um, you have to dedicate so much of your time and your effort and your thoughts and your life to this to this one thing. And and that's really what I did in order to develop the skill set, in order to develop that coordination and the mindset and, you know, understanding how to play points and how to accept defeats and how to accept victories.
1: When, when you say, I and mean, this is something we can learn, I think, from you, not just as a tennis player, but as a human, like how do you internalize losses and get over that you mentioned getting over learning how to get over a loss how do we not as necessarily tennis players but just as people how do we get over a defeat in life and move on
0: i think those losses and those those moments of of doubt and vulnerability are are probably some of the most life-changing moments and and life-changing in like a very positive way because i think when things are always not that, I mean, things don't always go according to plan, but when things do go uh, according to your vision and your victories happen on the, you know, in the times that you planned them and you got a great report card or, you know, you got a bump in your salary, that doesn't last forever. Like there's, there's definitely, i um, just on a daily basis. I think everyone is faced with adversity, whether it comes from family, you know, or your brother, or I don't know. I mean, there's, Every single day we have to face things that that might not be how we envision them. And it's almost like in tennis, like when I face defeat, they the they're the best lessons because when you win you you almost you think like you're invincible. You don't you don't really think about the match. All you think about is you just one match point. But when you lose you come off the court and you just you become like a, a student of the game and you, you learn you wanna learn, right? You're curious to learn because something didn't go well and you want to change it for the next time. So I see those le- lessons as, as some of the best lessons that have like helped me in other parts of my life as well or at least how I handled them.
1: So you say the losses maybe are more important than the victories sometimes.
0: I think the losses set you up for victories, definitely.
1: And you've had a lot of victories. I mean, I mean the, the crazy the crazy thing is just looking through everything, I mean and
0: more more defeats.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, yeah, you have you have both beaten and lost to some of the greatest tennis players of all time. And it's just it's just incredible to watch everything here. You're getting ready to play uh, in the UAE in Abu Dhabi at the Mubadala World Tennis Championship. That's the 19th yeah. through the 21st you're going to be here. Have you been here? Somebody told me you'd been to the UAE before.
0: I have. I, uh, I Well, I visited as a tourist for the Formula One race. So I did all the touristy things, but I didn't play. And this is my first time playing in Abu Dhabi. I'll be playing on December 19th. and. I'm, I'm really excited because it's been a few months since I've played a competitive match on the court. It's the beginning of the season. Um, I get to see new fans that I haven't met before, so it'll be a lot of fun. So I really encourage everyone to come out that evening.
1: Is it weird? Is it weird? I always wonder, is it weird as a tennis player to have a, a big, huge group of people sitting around watching you play? Because a team sport is different. You're all just out there. You can kind of concentrate on the game, but do you even think about the audience while you're playing?
0: You definitely feel the energy of the audience. I think I'm one, I'm certainly a player that draws more from like what I'm feeling inside and, and my voice and my internal feeling rather than, than the things happening externally. It's just always the way that I've I've functioned on the court um, is trying to keep my focus on like just what what is in front of me right here, like through my eyes, in my body, how am I feeling? What do I want to do on the next point? rather than thinking, oh, what are they thinking? What are they going to say? You know, Many of the people probably have never seen tennis before or have never seen me play before. So you can imagine the amount of things that people say to each other in a match. And if my mind was focused on what other people thought, um, I probably wouldn't focus as well or play as well as as I do when I'm just focused on the things that I have to do in order to, to play well and play at my best ability.
1: Do you have a favorite fan, a favorite fan that you always want to see or would love to always see in the in the crowd?
0: Oh my goodness, I have to tell you, I, I have like incredible fans and, and sometimes I, I don't, I'm like, what? How how is it possible that you wake up in the middle of the night to watch me play a tennis match on the other side of the world? Like when you have exams the next day, um, I, have, so I have extraordinary fans, and I don't think I can pinpoint to one, but um, uh, I really, like I've said this in the last few years, but I've really realized, like, the importance um, of what a true fan really means, like, going through your victories and defeats as if they're your own, um, so I, I have a very special set of uh, fans, they call themselves the Sharer family, so shout out to them.
1: You uh, wrote a book a couple of years ago, Unstoppable My Life So Far. Now that's two years old. It's been a couple of years. If you could add like another chapter at the end, what would you add? Do you have more story to tell?
0: You know, I'm so happy with the way that the the book turned out and the way that people read it and the comments that I received from, from writing that book. And I don't think I, I would want to edit anything out of it or add anything right now. I think there's yeah, I'm still very young. Uh, maybe not in the tennis world, <laughs> but relatively speaking, I'm still very young, and I have as many more chapters to write in my life.
1: Tell me what. Okay, so what's something else you want to check off the list?
0: Um, in tennis or in general?
1: No, I think sure tennis. How about tennis? What do you want to check off the list in tennis?
0: Um, I don't. I don't. It's funny. I don't like talk about. I don't like verbally express my goals, or I think. You know, I I love the sport so much and I think it's probably like it's so it would be very easy for me to say, you know what, it's said and done, I've done this, let's move on next chapter. But what I really like is I have you know, I have this fire in me and motivation in me that keeps me that keeps me disciplined to to wanting to get better at my sport and my craft and I think with that and with some time you know, results will come, but you have to be patient, and yeah, I certainly have, like, I have my mind on, on a few goals, but I think I'd I'd rather keep them to myself.
1: That's cool. Well, would you call this, in Abu Dhabi, a comeback?
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I've had a few comebacks in my career, and yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the journey with the shoulder has been a long one, and it's been years and years of, of overuse and, and doing something to the body, which you're not naturally meant to be doing and hitting overheads every single day and serves. Um, but, yeah, you, let's. why don't we? Why don't we call it a comeback?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's see that comeback at the Mubadala World Tennis Championships coming up on the 19th through the 21st in Abu Dhabi. She is an absolute legend, one of the greatest the game has ever seen. Maria Sharapova, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing everyone there. Podcast. Download the podcast now.